Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the August 12th edition of Rebel Guard Radio. I'm your host, KZ. I'm joined on the line by my co-host and tag team partner, Mr. Alex Saint. Uh, this week's episode is brought to you by our sponsors, FogCityWrestling.com and WrestleWarehouse.com. Uh, go out of your way to check out the Michael Modest shoot interview and the Ballard Brothers 2-disc shoot interview, available only at WrestleWarehouse.com. What's going on, Al? What's going on? What's going on? See, Dawson's going to win the belt, and I'm depressed. <laughs> See, Donsters. Uh, b- before we introduce our first guest, I would like to uh, throw congratulations and props out to uh, a couple uh, indie workers from the Virginia area, uh, Preston Quinn and Damian Wayne, as well as Phil Brown, Pharaoh, Dirty Money, and Jake Banning. They all worked last night as security guards in the Kane segment on Raw. So props out to you guys getting that payday. And on the line, I have uh, Virginia-based independent worker, Mr. Chris Escobar. Chris, you requested time. What's up? I did request some time. Um, first of all, how you guys doing? Fine. Doing all right. Doing all right. That's good to hear. Um, I have a new brainchild, man. Um, you know, During this time that I've been suffering through this injury, um, my brain's been working and I've been bored. And I created, um, well, me and two, two other guys, I have two business partners in on this. Um, a, a new way of presenting professional wrestling based strictly for the kids and charity networks and benefit programs. Um, it's called Wrestling for Your Life, and the name is um, synonymous with the children. You know, in the Children's Miracle Network, they have kids who are in hospitals battling and, you know, fighting for their life, and, you know, that's what we're reaching for with the name. And um, it's going to be a pitch strictly two charities and for the kids, such as the Boys and Girls Club, you know, Luke's Children's Hospital Network, Children's Miracle Hospital Network, and so on. And uh, rather than having, you know, meaningless fights and, uh, you know, the storylines that you see on TV and what professional wrestling has always been based around is nothing educational and pretty much meaningless if you took away the, you know, the storylines or whatever. Um um, we have, uh, like, a, a wrestler who battles is interfered. We have the basic good versus evil. Um, we have all kinds of different ideas, and anybody that's listening that would have a good idea that relates to this, please, at the end of the program, I'm sure, you know, you guys could uh, throw out my MySpace and just get whatever ideas you can out to me because it's something we're trying to get off the ground now. And, um, you know, that's pretty much it, man. Um, kind of excited about it. You know, I've, I've sent out pamphlets to a lot of the workers and different people around this area in the Mid-Atlantic, and I haven't heard any negative responses at all. You know, I've got a lot of workers calling me and saying that they'd be happy to work for free, you know. So I'm kind of excited about it. Man. I'm ready to get it rolling and on the road. Hmm. Sounds like a pretty novel idea. Uh, whenever you get things rolling and, and get dates booked and shows booked and whatnot, let us know and we'll will gladly, you know, put out the word. Um, sounds like it's a pretty good idea. Um, I've never really heard of, of anybody in, in this business doing something like that for that charity. 
That's, um, and to be honest, let me give credit where credit is due. It, it spawned from my mother. It was my mom's original idea, just me and a guy named Dustin Pruitt, who is a referee around here, and a worker named 66, um, took it and just brought it to a whole other level, man. We sat down and brainstormed, and it was just so limitless. We have about 15 different ideas for matches, and what we want to do is when we pitch it to the organizations, we want to give them a list of different um, morals and stories and, and the things that they could pick from that would suit their organization best, you know, because not every organization caters to the same kind of kids. So we want to be able to give them options and feel like they're getting a customized um, show strictly for their benefit program, you know. Hmm. Wow. Uh, what, what workers have you sent feelers out to? And then have everybody, everybody in the Mid-Atlantic. Um, the, the original show, um, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't book the show with the workers in mind. I created the characters and the stories and then figured out which workers would fit into those roles. And, um, you know, I, I'm not sitting here booking all my friends. I'm actually got two guys on my original show that I really can't stand at all, but they fit into the gimmick so well that I didn't have a choice. Um, but pretty much everybody in the middle Atlantic, you know, Denny's going to be a part of this. Damian Wayne's going to be a part of this. Pharaoh's going to be a part of this. Um, the Hall Stars, um, me, um, a couple of the guys from North Carolina, and then I want to. Wh- what I'm going to do? We're having a business meeting tomorrow, and we're going to uh, finalize the actual program and pamphlet that I end up sending out. And I'm going to do it across the whole East Coast. You know, I have two more months of sitting on my butt, so I'm just going to find every single charity organization that I can, and just get it all over the East Coast and see who I can get interested in. Wow. Wow. Well, let's uh, let's throw out that MySpace so we can uh, get people to at least uh, check it out, and maybe you can get other people, you know, on the bandwagon to um, to help with, at least with the project. Well, uh, the I haven't gotten a wrestling for your life MySpace together, so right now MySpace dot com front slash Chris Escobar. My email is highflyingesco at hotmail dot com. Flying without the G. Um, those are the two best ways. Um, I rarely check my email, so if you have a MySpace, get up with me through MySpace. It's a lot quicker, but I do randomly check my email from time to time, so I'll eventually get it, but the quickest way is in MySpace. Cool, cool. So now this is a complete – your shows will be completely charity, right, where 100% will go to the charity, where the boys yes. will work for free and, and everyone will be working for free? Oh, uh, no, no, everybody's not going to work for free. Um, the local guys that I could get to work for free, obviously, but it'll be pitched um, as a sold show. Um, they would actually invest into it, but they would also have the option of us just bringing the show to them, and then once their um, numbers hit a certain point on the gate, it would count as a sold show, and then everything after that goes to them. If we take a loss, then we'll just split a 50-50 and you know, we both take a minor loss, but I don't really see that happening if the legwork is done correctly. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean to do it as a 100% charity, I don't know what kind of show I could really give anybody, you know, especially if I have to go to Tennessee. I mean, you have to pay for a ring, so I'm not going to come out of my pocket 500 bucks, and then, you know, I just can't afford that. I'm not in a position to do it. But I think uh, I could keep the, the cost down significantly enough to where, you won't feel threatened by the price, you know. It, it will. It should be very easy to make your money back. Cool. All right. So what? What else is going on in, in the world of Chris Escobar? Did you work this past weekend? 
Oh, look, sir, I have a broken oh, leg. Oh, that's yes, right. Sir. You have a broken leg. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Did you at least go to any shows this weekend? Yeah, um, I've got a, I, I'm, do, I, I'm a head trainer for VCW, and I've got three trainees that I've been taking to shows pretty much every weekend. This past weekend, uh, I was in Waynesboro for uh, Lance Lube's benefit show. He broke his arm two weeks ago, and uh, they threw a, they threw a show for him trying to raise some funds because his medical bills ended up being twenty eight thousand dollars. Ouch. Yeah, so with no insurance, that hurts. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, so that's bad. where we were at. Um, Zach Allen was actually a part of the show, and uh, I actually gave Zach a, a copy of the pamphlet, and uh, hoping to hear back from him really soon because I think he'd be a great, great person to have involved with the program. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's cool. So the MySpace is myspace.com backslash Chris Escobar? Yes, sir. I will have one for Wrestling for Your Life soon. I'm waiting on uh, waiting on a logo so that I don't just create a MySpace with no picture at all. Um, I've got a guy working on a logo, and I should have to have it within the next few days. Awesome. Awesome. All right, well, Chris, I'll, t- I'll tell you, this is a pretty good idea. Uh, you you let me know when, when things are rolling, and... Uh, you know, we'll, we'll get you more time to, to plug whatever shows that you have uh, set up with this with this charity. Um, I, I love the idea. It's a great idea. I'm happy but to hear I'm that. All, I'm always a sucker for, for charities, brother. So, you know. <laughs> so um, anybody that, that's interested in, in the Mid-Atlantic area or that, that will be around the Mid-Atlantic area um, and, you know, you, you have a, a place in your heart for charity, uh, hit Chris up. Uh, no bullshit, man. This is a uh, this is good stuff. You know. I hope it does you well, man. Kids. I hope it does well. You can educate them and entertain them at the same time. Well, I I hope that you know things come off rather well for you as well. You know, I mean, any anything any any type of charity is good charity. I agree. I'm concerned. So, okay, brother. Well, uh, go back to uh, laying on the couch and watching. DVD <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> take care of that leg. I will definitely do that, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right, brother. Take care now. You guys have a good night. All right. That was Mid-Atlantic Independent Worker Chris Escobar, who is on the shelf. Speaking of on the shelf, how's the knee, Alex? Um, fine. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's up, brother? Uh, I don't know. I heard about you at uh, SoCal Pro Saturday night. Okay. <clears throat> You were you were very rowdy and ruckus. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, did you enjoy the show? Yeah, it was it was a good show. Mm. So Calpro yeah. always presented a good show. Yeah, I have to agree. I have to agree. So what's going on in Alex Saint Land, brother? Um, wow. Um uh LLIs were on the same night as us. On uh, August twenty third, <laughs> that's something that's going on. Um, I'm just uh, looking forward to I'm looking forward to Jeff's LA show coming up, and then um, the big New Wave show in a week. Is it a week now? It's the twenty third. Yeah, we got a. Uh, let me pull up my calendar here. Yeah, next Saturday I do, we got a big. I, I do up, have so. a question for you. What's going on? Now, since since New Wave and LLI are running in the same same night, is it the same venue? Yeah. Are you guys doing a double? Uh, no, it's not. It's not the same venue. It's um. They're they're running. Uh, actually, I don't even know where they're running. <laughs> uh, it's not the same video though, but um, I I I'll find out the information was posted or whatever. 
I know we got a couple guys working both shows though, so I mean it's still no, no heat there. But I mean, uh, I, I was I was actually I was there at LI this Saturday this this past Sunday. Uh, I accompanied Ryan Stone as he worked uh, Johnny Yuma, and everything's everything's going good. LI was popping this weekend. SoCal Pro had a good show. It's it's all good down here. Cool, cool. I'm just wondering what ring Oscar's going to use. Oh, that's a good question. I have no that's idea. That's my that's my <laughs> question. That, that's why I asked for you guys running the same venue. Oh, yeah, no, I don't know. That's what, what I'm asking cause, because I know yeah. it takes a little time to break it down and, and put it up. So. Oh yeah, and the rain's gonna be new ways that night because we put in for this date a while ago. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, we'll, we'll oh, see though. Go. But I mean, we got a couple guys working both shows though, so it'll be good times. Cool, cool. Okay, I'm I'm going through the news here. Uh, WWE released a couple developmental guys, Charles Evans, Brad Attitude, who's from the um, the uh, Mid-Atlantic area, and Matt O'Neill, who is there as well. So they they let go of a couple people. That's unfortunate. Anytime anybody's cut. <laughs> so Yeah. Okay, let's see. Do we have any other news? It's a quiet news day. Yeah. It is a very I'm not ready to say interesting. interesting. I'm not ready to say interesting. Oh, wait. Here's something really big. John Cena will be co-host of Nickelodeon's Australian Kids' Choice Awards on 2008, Saturday, October 11th. Uh, okay. Awesome. Awesome. Good, good job, Cena. Yeah, there you go. And let's see. What else do we have? Jeez. I'm not even going to put this one over. Nope, not going to do it. They're unprofessional, and they have a moose that works for them. So, oh, And I don't mean TNA. <clears throat> so had, have you seen Respect is Earned 2 yet? I saw Respect is Earned 2. Yes, R-O-H. I did. Yes, What'd I did. Think of- always saved you. Um, I... I hope no, no one listening takes any offense to this. I uh, made a commitment a couple months ago to quit buying Ring of Honor DVDs because I, I'm i a fan of pro wrestling, always been, and I always get suckered in to see these main events. And then I watch a show, and I either go to sleep or never make it to the main event. And then uh, it ends up being uh, just I feel like a waste of time. So I quit buying Ring of Honor DVDs. So I got the, I got the pay-per-view, and... Um, Wow, you know, it took me a couple of a uh, couple of uh, settings to get through it. But wow, I mean, uh, I don't know. I mean, that's you know, like seven main events, and I'm I'm using that as a derogatory term. <laughs> that's the that's the best thing I can say about it. Yeah, it's too I mean, much nothing, for me, man. <laughs> nothing really, nothing really stands out to me. It was just uh, seven matches that can that can main event a show, but I mean. I just burns me. I, I end up getting tired and going to sleep, and just not a fan of the Ring of Honor product. I mean, all those guys, all the guys are good. All of them are great. I mean, all of them, all the guys are good. But wow, it's just man. Eddie Edwards. Eddie Edwards looks like a complete like every. Eddie Edwards looks really generic. I'm just gonna say that. That also stood out to me too. Just his genericness. Yeah. Like if I nothing. saw, if I saw Eddie Edwards. At the, I mean, there's something to you seeing a guy and uh, not necessarily there. You seeing a guy at a wrestling convention, okay, and being able to spot out, hey, that's 
Eddie Edwards. You can't do that with him. And I've been able to do that with a lot of people. I promise you I could not take Eddie Edwards out of a crowd. Nothing special. I mean, no, I mean, he needs to, change. He needs to do something for his book. He needs to do something. Get a tattoo on your face or something. <laughs> Bite someone's ear. There's not enough tattooed face people in wrestling. There you go. It's very true. Very, very true. Jeez, it is a slow news day. There's like nothing. Nothing. So we'll go to Monday's update and see. Whoa. <clears throat> Killer Kowalski is recovering, which I, I don't know. I mean, he's like old. So, you know, I mean, old people get sick. and That's good. Um, I mean, this weekend sucks for death, though. I mean, you had Isaac Hayes and Bernie Mac, and I mean, it's just unfortunate, mm-hmm. you know. You never want to see uh, never Isaac Hayes, see man. Bernie Mac and all the Oceans is. movies. There you go. Never Are they going to replace ocean? him? Yeah. Are they going to replace, replace him or just kill off the character? You can't. Uh, I don't even know if they're going to make any more Oceans movies. The last Ocean movies were just amazing to me. All right. Who's going to be uh, Brock Lesnar's next opponent? It's Kichango, isn't it? You think it is? Yeah, I think that's what I've been hearing. That's a, that's a bad fight, too. Yeah, it's... Mm-mm. It's better than Herring, but that's still a bad fight. You think it's a bad fight for Brock? Oh, we'll see. We'll see Brock's chin. Yeah, no shit, huh? Check, I mean... Checks, too, so... Oh, well, I mean, I think think Check is a higher higher level striker than Brock, but Brock can take him down, but Check ain't no no weakling either. It'd be be an interesting matchup. I just hate seeing... Even though Brock is like this six... Six six five, two hundred and sixty five pound man. I still feel bad for him. I was like he's gonna get beat up. Even though he'll never get beat up, but I still feel bad. I get scared for him every fight. This man's gonna lose. I don't want to see Brock lose because he comes from pro wrestling, and I want to see him win. And I want to see him uh, f five someone. That's what I want to see. F <laughs> five someone in the UFC cage. He'll be out oh, of yeah. mind. We'll see. Uh, we'll see. This this past weekend, man. our video a friend of the show filmed a three hour shoot interview with Kurt Angle. Oh, God. So we're going to see, is it going to be Maniac Nuts, Kurt, or or is it going to be Down to Earth, Kurt? <laughs> I don't... No, it's it's, it's going to be a train wreck. Oh, my goodness. Three-hour shooter with Kurt Angle. I, I hope, my goodness. That's going to be... <laughs> I can't wait to hear some of the stuff he says. Because he says the wackiest, looniest stuff in interviews. And I can't wait yeah, to hear what he says in a quote-unquote exactly. interview. Oh, my goodness. I want to hear all the people speak. No matter what Rob had to pay him, it's not going to matter because he'll get that back and then some. So that's a money maker. You know, I mean, it's going to draw money. So I guess that, you know, it's the whole reason to do it. But, you know, it, it'll also uh, be uh, you know, a pretty good interview. I just love it how Kurt, you know, right when you think the guy is dead, I haven't seen the match yet, him and AJ Styles from the pay-per-view, but right when you think Kurt's, like, about to die, he, like, busts out another amazing performance, as I guess he did on Sunday. So, I mean, he's he's a freakishly, he's a freak athlete. He just is. Mm. Shankster, are you on the line? Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, Ryan, what's up, brother? 
Not too much, man. Hey, just had to get a chance here to see you online, doing some chatting. I thought I'd catch your show. Very nice. Yeah, we're just uh, talking some talking some shit about what's going on in the news and all that other good stuff. And yeah, I heard you say something about Kurt Angle's shoot, inter- uh, shoot interview that was just done here, what, a couple days ago or something? Yeah, this past weekend. You know, the only thing insane. that about the whole Kurt Angle thing, though, with an interview like him, I mean, there's a lot of shoots out there. There's two of them in particular I like to see, but... To me, I've seen Kurt Angle talk so much on the Internet and do all these interviews and do all these things on YouTube and stuff like that. It just seems like every time he's interviewed or every time he's talking, it's always like a shoot anyway. So to me, this thing that they're doing, I don't really think it's going to be that big of a deal. I would be like, okay, I'll catch it when I have time. But the Ric Flair one, what have you guys heard about that? Is there any uh, truth to the $50,000 and stuff like that? Fifty grand. I yeah, don't no, it, no, I don't either, but is it locked in in terms of uh, RF doing this? or? I have no idea. He's going well, to have to do this. I think when Rob finds out that it'll quickly, quickly leak out, because that'll be one of the most anticipated shoot interviews of our lifetime, is uh, the shoot interview of Ric Flair. And it'll probably be 100 hours, and my goodness. I was so upset with that, that DVD. It, it was only. How long was it? Two hours, two or three hours? Well, the, the the problem with that last you talk about the last one they just released. Yeah, the the yeah. <clears throat> yeah, the one the only problem I had about that one is is that you know I've seen probably every single Ric Flair match that was ever done, and I was really wanting to see more of you know the inside talk and him discussing more about his future. I mean, they talked about his uh, bleaching his hair, and I thought that'd be kind of a cool story with pictures and with maybe some film footage and whatnot. He talked about it for about 45 seconds, and that was it. You know, I mean, there was a lot of cool stories he could have really went into with this uh, this disc, but, I mean, I think the WWE, obviously, and Vince and the boys, they're going to be real cautious about what they're going to release and what they're going to put on there. They've, you know, they got him in a stranglehold in terms of what they can do, but an RF shoot or a high-spot shoot with Ric Flair for three hours, I'd be glued to my set, man. I can guarantee you this weekend in Carolina, Rob will be negotiating with Rick. Fifty I can grand? guarantee that. It's a lot of money. Hey, you know what? A good friend of mine who I've talked to before about, he's always kind of shrugged it off, and I should maybe even see about maybe giving you guys the inside buzz on this. One interview I'd love to see, and I've known him for about five or six years personally, King Kong Bundy. Wouldn't that be a great shoot? Bundy? Yes, it would. Yeah. Yeah. get him on the West Coast so I don't have to fly. Well, but. you know, and that's that's the thing. I... I've known him for many years, and I've asked him about it before, and he says, well, people come at me all the time, Skank, and they say this and they say that. I don't know what's what to believe in terms of, you know, uh, money. You know, money talks and bullshit walks. That's what it's all about with this guy. Hmm. So, Bundy. I'm really surprised no one's done one with him yet. I know. I mean, he lives out there on the East Coast. He lives in Jersey. Isn't that where the, uh, isn't that where the child molester's at, Rob Feinstein? Isn't he out there somewhere? Philly, yeah. Jeez, that's horrible. Let's not bury Rob. Rob's a friend of the show, so let's not bury him. Well, I'm sorry, but, you know, facts are facts. I mean, I'm not sitting there doing any kind of speculations and stuff. You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to be a jerk. I have a few few beers in me, so I'm going to kind of let loose otherwise than what I would. So, yeah, this is good. Um, What do you guys think about the whole rumor thing going on with Randy Orton right now in terms of people saying, oh, it's really convenient that they had this story just before SummerSlam and he's supposed to come in and do this thing with the new generation and whatnot. I mean, there's also people saying on the Internet that there's no proof, there's no there's no concreted evidence of him having any sort of accident in that county. What do you guys think about that? Have you heard anything about that? I, I, I think, think it's interesting. He's, he's working. Yeah. He's working it. 
he doesn't want to do the angle. It's a step back for him. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll just say it's... <clears throat> Go ahead, Alex. Oh, am I, oh, okay. I thought I was muted. Okay. I just say I think it's interesting because I mean, uh, for if you watch the old WCW and WWF Monday Night Wars or whatever, and how people were jumping week to week, and then I know at the time I, I wasn't very prolific in the internet, so I didn't know about it. So it's interesting that the WWE they is trying new ways to try to elicit that excitement inside the fan base because you know how many people would be talking about the return of Randy Orton unless they did some kind of you know if if they wouldn't have done the thing earlier with John Cena. I don't think this would even be a topic of conversation, but now that they've done the thing with John Cena at the Royal Rumble, then now people are saying, what about Orton? You know, I think it's a new kind of work, and I, I have to give WWE props. You know, even if this isn't a work, even if Randy did really hurt himself on a motorcycle, which I hope, you know, he has a speedy recovery from if this is what happened. But I think I, I'd like to give my hats off to WWE for trying, you know, to do something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, I mean, is there any proof? I haven't seen any kind of press release, any kind of AP report, anything like that whatsoever in regards to him having an actual accident. Because anytime someone flies 300 feet off of a motorcycle, and as popular as Randy Orton is and being a WWE superstar, you would think there'd be some sort of documentation or some kind of news story to support this. And there's nothing out there. I can't find anything from the AP or anybody else for that matter. And I've talked to people who actually live in the Missouri area where it happened, and nobody seems to have any kind of documentation for this thing that happened. And uh, if they are working us, it's like, okay, all right, fine. I, I think it's kind of a stupid way to work us. I don't understand the logic. But then again, you know, Vince has a really crazy mind, and this may be a way to really make their business pop and to kind of get him over even further than what he is. Hmm. I so you think it's gonna, he's just going to come down, surprise everybody? Hey, I'm not Well, really if that's hurt. what... If that's what they're wanting to do, I mean, if they're wanting people to believe that he's sidelined or he's going to be out for a certain amount of time, and he comes out and bam, here he comes, yeah, that'd be a great way to kind of surprise people. But you know what the thing is? This happened when? This happened over the weekend, supposedly, correct? Yes. Okay, now, I haven't watched all of Raw from last night. Did they mention anything on Raw about this? Don't know. Don't watch it. Okay. Well, I haven't seen anything on Raw yet. I think it was only on the Internet on their website. So... If they did, maybe some of your callers can call in and support this, or I'll watch it later tonight and get my own answer. But if they didn't say anything about it on the TV because it, you know Raw is live, then it would lead it to me believe like, well, okay, it did happen. It's a shoot, whatever. Boom, move on. But if they're really going to work this thing, and you usually know when WWE is working something, they would put it, you know, just to the to the wall and just go with it nonstop. So I don't know. I. To me, it's like if they're going to fake something like that where, you know, a motorcycle accident, it's like, come on, get something a little bit better than that than to try to put something over on us, you know. That's my opinion. Interesting. So. I don't know. Whatever. Whatever. Whatever, man. <laughs> Whatever. It, it really doesn't, I don't know, it's, it, it does nothing for me. It doesn't make me want to go out and watch their TV or buy their damn pay-per-view. So. No. I've got enough collection yeah. here of old stuff I like to watch anyway. I mean, back when it exactly. was back when it was actually good. Exactly. When working was exactly. working. Yep. Yep. I mean, I think one of the best angles I remember, I just watched the other day when Orndorff and Hogan had that whole thing, and they were against Bundy and Stud, the whole thing where he lifted up his arm and wham, clothesline from hell, great pile driver. I mean, stuff back then where, you know, Saturday Night's main event right now, and you know about what's going to happen all the time because of the internet and stuff like that. 
man, back then they used to record Saturday Night's Main Event three weeks in advance, and nobody knew what the hell was going to happen because it was the ultimate surprise, you know? And you could work people like crazy, leading them to believe that this is happening right now live in front of you on NBC. <laughs> it's not like that anymore, man. It's a really sad situation. Yeah, it's no fun. Are you online still, Alex? What's that? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Do we have Alex with an X? On? Hey, what's going Alex on? With an X. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, I'll let you guys fly. I'll listen to the rest of this. And uh, KZ, give me a shot when you're done here chatting uh, online here. Let me know what's going on so we can talk a little stuff. All right, Ryan, thanks for calling in, brother. It was a pleasure. Take care. All right, brother. All right, Alex. You're gone. Alex, are you here? Okay. All right. Well, that was Ryan Shankster, the skank, a good guy. Um, he, uh, rather knowledgeable in uh, pro wrestling. Um, always a fun conversation. Or, you know what, it's not Ryan. It's Brian. I take that back. My mistake, Brian. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. My mistake. Okay, we're here. Oh, we're here. All right, we're on the line with F4WOnline.com's own real man who carries the Brian and Vinny show, Vince Verhey. What's up, Vinny? That's me. What's going on, man? That's you. <laughs> Welcome to the show, brother. Now, what we're going to do is you have the office. You get to speak. Unlike what, how that Mexican holds you down, we're going to allow you to speak. Okay. Okay. So, um, what, what are your feelings on, on the whole Randy Orton situation? We were discussing it a few minutes ago. Um, do you think, you know, he really got into a wreck? I see. It never crossed my mind that this would be a work story until, um, well, until I saw some geek from the Internet talking about it, frankly. Um, I, I, I don't see, why would they lie about this? <laughs> if they're going to have a story about, uh, Randy Orton getting hurt, hurt uh, you know, it, it would not involve a, a bike wreck. They'd have, you know, The Undertaker get him or John Cena attack him at an autograph signing or something. What's the point of making up a story about him getting in a motorcycle wreck? Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't make sense. I mean, no, it, it really doesn't. But since when do the WWE writers make sense nowadays? I mean, you uh, are the chosen. The past week or so bad, but... <laughs> Actually, but... Uh, I was actually going to make a TNA joke. So, <laughs> if Randy Orton was a TNA wrestler, then yes, I would say this was a made-up story. <laughs> except, uh, oh. except that Randy wouldn't have gotten a motorcycle wreck, and the motorcycle would have been hurt. <laughs> I have a question for you, Vince. Have you ever enjoyed TNA's product? Yes, years ago, um, <laughs> years and years and years ago. <laughs> uh, there was a period when, when Samoa Joe first showed up, and he had there was the, the great three-way feud with Joe and AJ and Daniels. That was so awesome. Um, and it, it was great stuff. And there, there have been times, it's been a while now, um, but there have been times when it's just been, you know, just a, a great wrestling show. And, and it, it could be, again, literally at any time, because their talent roster is still awesome. <laughs> that, that's the sad part about it. <laughs> their wrestlers are really cool. They just have no idea, you know. I mean, they have no idea how to make entertaining products. <laughs> they don't understand it. What is the combined wrestling experience level in the TNA writing staff compared to the the, the experience on the WWE writing staff? Oh, geez. 
I mean, would, would anyone care to guess? I mean, WWE, for, I mean, for what I understand, obviously I'm not in WWE headquarters or whatever, but, I mean, you know, you always hear about the writers being, you know, uh, Hollywood script writers or whatever. Yeah. But then uh, TNA, excuse me? I was just going to say, I mean, the, the, the two of the top guys in TNA are Jeff Jarrett, who was, you know, basically born into the business. Yeah. And Dutch Mantel was doing this for 30-some years or, or more. And Savio um, Vega just got brought in, and he's been doing wrestling in Puerto Rico forever. And yes, yes. It's, so, it, that, that is more that is it is it's confounding. Don't get me wrong. I, 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 we we bag on Vince Russo all the time, and that's because he's a moron. But he's there's a, a a group of people who are putting out this bullshit, and they should all be held accountable. <laughs> I, I, I definitely definitely agree. It, it's so unfortunate because I mean TNA pay per views, you're gonna get. Other than, you know, all the wacky stipulation matches, which the guys have to work really hard to overcome to make some of them good matches. But for for the most part, if you get a TNA show, you're going to get good wrestling. Now, the television show, I mean, it's not the best uh, advertisement for that because even when they do put two good guys out there like this World X Cup, I mean, they gave those guys, you know, five minutes, three, uh, whatever, three minutes or whatever to go out there and put on a match. But on the pay-per-view, they give them time. I mean, you're going to get a good product, but just no one cares about the product. It's real unfortunate. And when you well, talk to almost, real wrestling fans, no one even knows what TNA is. It, it, it's been almost a year now since, I think, I could be wrong on this, but I think it's been almost a year since they got the, the two-hour show, and they always you know, would say, we, we need two hours. And I always said, if you can't do one good hour, how the hell are you going to do two good hours? And, hey, you know what? I was right. <laughs> it, was, it was shitty before, and now it's twice as shitty. So. I think I think everyone I, I don't know if everyone has a story like this. But I know I do. That um, I, I know Vince, you you didn't re, you didn't really get into ECW uh, when it was when it was the around. Original? Yeah, the original ECW. The original I had almost no access to except for yeah. the views and the uh, when they got on um, what's all they on TNN. TNN. Yeah, I remember I'd, I'd spoken to you about that before. But uh, like for me coming up uh, watching ECW television, which was only an hour a week, I remember that they put so much emphasis on the, the two main events or the main event for the upcoming arena show, and then they structured a good undercard to where I always, even at 14, 13 years old, I wanted to drive to Philadelphia to go see Sandman finally get his revenge on Raven. And I know depending on when you came up, you know, you have a, a similar story of when you, you know, maybe you watched your local television and then you wanted to go see, you know, the top baby face get the top heel. But it, that's, that's, that's what I think is kind of missing from uh, – I don't know if it's wrestling today, or I don't know. Well, I have been watching some of the ECW shows on 24-7, so the, the old, old, like, 96 ECW TV. Yes. And it, it, in a way, in a way, it's there's certainly a, a the, the what ECW was has been romanticized somewhat. It was not a, it was not a great show. It was, um, it was not a, a super deep wrestling, you know, talent crew. It was. Yeah. It was some talent, it, it, you know. I mean, the 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 best guys from ECW uh, were probably, you know, that outside of you know the the guys who were briefly like Mysterio and Benoit Malenko, um and Jericho, those those types. But the guys who were the guys who were in ECW for the long haul were, you know, not as good as the best guys in WWE today, or the best guys in TNA today, or the best guys in Ring of Honor today. Yes. So, um, so on the one hand, it's not as good as people like to think. On the other hand, the shows are just so simple and easy and fun to watch. It, it's you know, uh, it's like you said, the, the, the show 
It's, it's not over books. There will be, be like three matches in an interview segment, maybe two interview segments, and uh, and there, there's an overriding theme, and they're, they're building, they would, they would build to one one segment. I just got a text message. I hope they didn't hear that. that <laughs> um, but yeah, they're, 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 each show would build to, like you say, one, either a big show they had, like Hostile City Showdown or whatever, or it would build to the main event that they would be doing on... Uh, in, in the next Philadelphia show or whatever. So, yeah, that, um, simplicity is really a big key. And that's I, something that, that, that WWE sometimes forgets, and TNA has no fucking clue. <laughs> I remember um, th- this this episode of uh, the, the new ECW, uh, WWE's version of ECW, there's one episode they did that I will never forget, and maybe you two will remember the episode too, but it was building toward, I don't remember the match, now this is where it, it fails me, because they had so many, but it was one of the... In fact, I do. It was last year after the Vengeance pay-per-view. It was the rematch between John Morrison and CM Punk, and they took one episode. And mind you, I'm not a fan of of CM Punk at all, and I really don't care to see him, but they took one episode of ECW television, and they built up this one match between CM Punk and John Morrison because ECW on uh, Sci-Fi... They're only they only should build toward one match because that's the only match they're going to get on the pay per view, and then honestly at the end of that episode I wanted to see the match of the pay per view between CM Punk and John Morrison so it's not complicated and then when you go back and watch the old ECW television shows I I, I notice this a lot because I'm a I'm a nerd and I own I own the, the entire season of '96 but if you watch the shows generally they only cover one aspect of the ECW world. Like this week, we are going to talk about Shane Douglas and Pitbull's rivalry because yeah. generally they're going to be working together at the next arena show. Or this yeah, episode, yeah, yes. Yeah, you're totally right though, because like like one show I watched recently, the whole basically the point of the show was I I, I think it was Brian Lee and the Eliminators against Dreamer and I think the Pitbulls were his guys, right? Yes. Yeah. And 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 the story was the Pitbulls got taken out, and so the gangsters would be taking their place. Oh, yeah, so it's building toward a matter of respect, yes. Yeah, and, and that was the point of the whole show. They, they were doing these cut-ins to uh, Joey Styles at the hospital where I, I guess the Pitbulls had, or no, I, I was where they had been filming some of the Pitbulls, and then that's where they got attacked. They never showed the attack. They just showed names that driving by, which was probably just random, but anyway. Uh, but and they showed Perry with, and uh, Cronus with the blood on their hands in the promo. I don't know if you remember that. I, I think I didn't watch the whole thing, but I, I watched okay. most of the show. And I watched basically I watched the show in between when Raw ended and when Brian was ready to do the show. Okay. So, but 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 I got but I remember the point of the show. It was to build up the six man, and the Tommy Dreamer had new partners, and and it was going to be the gangsters finally getting the hands of the, on the Eliminators. So it worked. And then if you turn to the next week, it may have been, you know, it may have been building to Shane Douglas versus Raven or something. But but the point being, you have one hour, you build to one match, and that's fine. And they're still doing that now. I mean, if um, I have not watched this week's ECW yet, but they've been, you know, 80% of the shows have lately have been building up to Mark Henry versus Matt Hardy. Now, the problem with that is it's Mark Henry versus Matt Hardy, but <laughs> at least they're trying. <laughs> what, uh, what, was the wrestling, what was the wrestling that you remember growing up? I started in, in 1987. I actually remember the first match I ever saw it was the Junkyard Dog versus the Missing Link. <laughs> uh, it was from Texas, so I actually have no idea how the hell I saw it up here in Seattle. Because my knowledge. I'm oh, sorry. 
Pro Wrestling This Week. I hope that must have show. been it. It has been. Um, Vinny, before you move on, um, I have online the guru of audio for F4W Online, Katrer. Welcome to the show, Chris. Hey, what's going on? Okay, we have Chris oh. on the air. And before I interrupted you, Vinny, I'm sorry. Uh, it was it had to have been pro wrestling this week, unless you had a satellite dish. I did not. Um, no, we okay. have basic cable. So it, uh, it, yeah. we have the, the Saturday afternoon TBS show, uh, the Saturday afternoon Portland show, which sometimes I, I had trouble finding it when I was a kid, and then by the time I really got into it, it was pretty much over. Uh, then we had the Saturday night block of Superstars of Wrestling. Uh, we had NWA, which would have been Cro- Jim Crockett, I realize now. And then afterwards, there may have been Glow, and then maybe Forrest this week. I, I guess that must have been there somewhere. So anyway, yes, I, I watched that match, and I, I have seen it since. And how the hell this made me want to watch more for wrestling, I have no idea. <laughs> it's, it's quite bad. Was it outdoors? <laughs> I think so. It was one of the big yeah, shows Texas they did. Stadium. One of the big game shows. Yeah, Texas and Stadium show. And it's Ford. So, um, I do remember that. And then the then the first what what made me a fan uh, for life was uh, watching Saturday Night's main event when Randy Savage brought the ring bell down on Ricky Steamboat's throat. Oh yes, yes. I, I I will say until the day I die, this is the greatest angle of all time. Simply because if you ask any wrestling fan right now between the ages of say thirty and thirty five. What's the first thing you remember? 90% of them will say, Randy Savage bringing the bell down to Ricky Steamboat's throat. So we watched, uh, we, my cousin and I, we watched uh, Ricky Steamboat nearly die. We uh, stayed glued to the TV waiting for breaking updates until like 4 in the morning. <laughs> when we, when we uh, finally crashed, we went to check the Sunday newspaper thinking it would be the lead story in the Seattle Times, an update on Ricky Steamboat's condition. Uh, it was not. <laughs> and uh, we asked our parents. They had no clue. We actually watched the news waiting for an update. It never came. Uh, but point being, we cared a lot. So that got me started there. It was the, the, sort of the tail end of the very first Hulkamania run, leading up to WrestleMania III. Uh I watched WWE religiously. I watched uh, the NWA show I watched, but I, I always thought it was second tier. Uh, just just mm. because, basically because the production value is worse. Um, in hindsight, you go back and you watch like 89 NWA, you'll see some of the best stuff you'll ever see in your life. And I, I, I look back at that fondly, too. War Games was brand new and awesome. And you had the four horsemen running around causing terror and the Midnight Express and the Road Warriors and all these great people. So that, I have that, a, Go ahead. I, I wonder how many people uh, watched the news or maybe checked the newspaper after uh, the Roderick Strong-Eric Stevens match at the, the last <laughs> Ring of Honor pay-per-view. <laughs> I only suspect none. <laughs> wow. And Vinny, as you being a, uh, whatever title you want to give yourself, a, a pro wrestler, a former pro wrestler, whatever you would like to give yourself, could you ever imagine yourself engaging in, the uh, only word I call it is combat. Can you ever see yourself engaging in combat like that? No. Absolutely not. No. No. A hundred times no. <laughs> it's a no. fucking work. Um, it's, 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 it's fake. It's very fake. I want it to be fake. I don't even care if it looks fake as long as it feels fake. I, uh, I mean... And believe me, I had some fake-looking matches. Let me assure you of this. <laughs> so, no, um, if, if it came down to a point where, where I mean, there's a time and a place, you know, it, I'm I, I'm not pro-chair shot or anything, but people remember Tommy Dreaver killing Raven with a chair. It's been 15 years now. One. So, 
Yeah, one. One. Vince, one. Okay, it, was, it, was, it was a big one. But, yes, um, it was. Uh, Chris, the point you, being, do you have any questions? Jump in, Chris. Am I still on hold? Uh, you're Can not you hear me? Hello? You're on, What's Chris. up, Vince? You have a question for Vinny. Hi, Jerry. You're a great man. I know this. <laughs> no, I just wanted to call in and he always puts me over. Well, you do a lot of work. Each and every week. You, you earn being over. So, I, I, I don't... Well... I'm not blowing smoke. You just... You, I'm, I'm just merely saying... Giving a man the praise he deserves. Even though all the man love makes all the trolls upset on the board, I... I don't even look at the board anymore. I, I, I check the... I, I, here's, what, here's honestly what I look at on the board. Uh, my section, the radio show section, and even then only the threads about my shows I am on, and uh, occasionally occasionally wander into the picks or sports folder. That's it. That's it. So, um, <laughs> if, if the board shut down, I'd be fine with that. Hmm. Well, there you go. That That kind of answers that. And hey, K- hey, KZ, can I plug something real quick? Please do. Okay, uh, tomorrow night at 10.30 Eastern, 9.30 Central, Big D and the Super Friends on Blog Talk Radio. And uh, it's going to be me and Big D and Tex calling in. He's got power. Uh, Dr. Keith at the weekend through the table. <laughs> Tremendous. Tremendous. And uh, we're just going to be... Hang on, I, I have. Uh, what? I, I have asked a question. I heard that I, I believe it was WrestleMania weekend. I think, but I heard Dr. Keith Lipinski powerbomb somebody through a table. Yes. Did this guy weigh 94 pounds? No. I have never no. met him. I don't, I don't know. Because Keith is also a powerlifter. I, I met mm. Keith Lipinski. He'll never be confused with, say, Steve Williams, or or Kim Patera, or Mark Henry, for that matter. <laughs> So um, I, I tried to envision him powerbombing a man, and I just it couldn't be done. Oh, jeez. No one, no uh, one has me. But anyway, that's that's to, that's tomorrow night at ten thirty, nine thirty central. Anybody wants to uh, call in, we'll be talking T and A, so we don't we're not worried about any ratings or anything. So oh, anybody fan, just go ahead and call in. All right, Chris, thanks for calling in, and you are the man. Okay, yes. I know this. <laughs> thanks, Chris. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. All right, that was world famous man. Yeah. Kachrer. Okay. I've never heard someone be humble and be cocky in the same conversation. He said, thank you for putting me over, and I know I'm the man. That's right, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. So when when you started to uh, watch the Portland stuff, um, it was towards Hang the on, end. Stop, so who, who's here right now? I'm so confused. It's you and Alex Easy. and me, right? Yes, sir. Okay, okay, cool. Just want to make sure. I'm not letting any I'm not letting anybody else on the line. We're not taking any other callers. I'm I'm cool with the threesome. Any more than that. Oh, wow. Actually, I know <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, it's a West Coast thing, guys. Come on. <clears throat> All right. So when you when you started watching Portland, this was about eighty eight, eighty nine, the dying days. Um who was there? Was was Crush there? Oh, right. Uh, no, Crush had just, I think, just left or was not around much. Um, uh, Al Madrill was there. Coco Samoa was there. 
the Southern Rockers were around. Colonel De Beers, I think, would have been around. Buddy Rose, obviously. Uh, those are the names that come to mind first. The Grappler, obviously. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, uh, Crush was gone, and this is way after guys like Kurt Hennig and Roddy Piper blew through. So, yeah, they, they, as you said, it was the dying days. Mm-hmm. Coco Samoa. Jeez, I haven't seen Coco since 97. And, you know, Here's he was... in 97? Yeah, I, 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 I first met him in 97 up here in, in San Francisco. I haven't seen him since 87, so you've got me by 10 years. There you go. There you go. And before that, he was in Florida for a gram. He was on the first Battle of the Belt show. So, well, I did not know that. Yes, I, I was watching the show today. So, you know, reminiscing about the old school stuff and, you know, when it was real. So, you know, I didn't get into, it. Didn't, it did not get into the, uh, uh, the, the, the newsletter this week, but I, my, my tape review this week was some old 1983 Memphis stuff. It's the best thing I ever saw in my life. It's so great. <laughs> Andy Kaufman was there, and he got in a slap fight with Jimmy Hart. It was so awesome. Oh, shit. <laughs> 83 Memphis. That stuff was so good, and, and it'll never be recreated, no matter no. no matter how much someone tries. It's And the thing is, I don't think it was so much the writing. I think it was the fans, You know, because the fans bought into it so much. It was, there's, there's, there's such a you – know, the, the, uh, I don't want to say amateurish, um, but there, there's, there's, there's that whole let's put on a show and mentality behind the thing. It's like we're just going to come out here and, and entertain you for an hour, and, and all the fans say, okay. And there's something so, so charmingly hokey about it, you know? There's, it's plainly just a TV studio with a couple of dozen fans there and a ring and, and two guys, two, two old tall men with microphones running the show. And Lance Lance Russell is so awesome. <laughs> when there's you know the, the, there's a t- uh, the tag team match where the grapplers get the heat with an illegal double team, and he says, "Oh, that hacks me off." It really hacks me off to be that kind of thing. <laughs> and it's so why isn't about it. why isn't he in the Hall of Fame, Vince? Yeah, you're asking the wrong guy. Um, I think you're asking the wrong Vince. Yeah, well, yeah. If you if you mean the the WWE Hall of Fame, though, well, because mm-hmm. uh, he never will be. Um, if you mean the Observer Hall of Fame, I'm I'm not qualified to to really comment on it. I'm not that much of a historian, but I I would imagine uh, voters hold. I, I I've heard I've heard people say that they will not vote for certain wrestlers because they were only stars in one region. And well, Lance Russell has only been a star in one region, so if you're going to hold wrestlers to that standard, I guess you got to hold announcers to that too. I've heard uh, the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame voters they meet up around the same time that the Illuminati meets up. Like, the more I hear about these Wrestling Observer voters and how protected Dave is over them, it's, it's, it's amazing to me. But they're like coming to every region, and, I mean, there needs to be a Wikipedia entry made on just the, just the voters and how mysterious they are. I like to imagine them having clandestine meetings in a cave by the sea at night, and, and, and all voting is done by stone tablets. <laughs> <laughs> and, Dave, and, and who will say yes for Nicholas Botwinkle? And then they all they all write on their stone tablets. But seriously, no. But every time Dave talks, because now that uh, the big merger, F4W and Wrestling Observer, now we get Dave three times a week or four times a week. And then now Hall of Fame time's coming up, I guess. So Dave always talks about the Hall of Fame voters, and it, it sounds mysterious and and interesting, and like the Chronicles of Narnia. And I wanna I wanna see a movie based on these these Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame voters. 
Is the voters are generally made up of talking forest animals, yes. <laughs> and a fawn. There's a fawn. <laughs> there will be a three-movie trilogy made over the Wrestling Observer, all the favorite writers and their many mysterious ventures uh, as they vote and watch wrestling and I don't know. Alex, do you know of any of the voters? Do you know uh, of Steve any of Car- Steve, Car- Steve Carino's a voter. He posted it on his MySpace. Is he really? I, I, I know nothing about how the Observer works <laughs> or, or who yeah, contributes to it or anything. I happen to be I happen to be looking at Steve Carino's MySpace because I was looking for uh, new gear ideas because I, I like having new gear. And um, I was looking at Carino's MySpace about some gear you know he's worn in the past. And then I happened to see that uh, he posted his ballot up there. And then I was like, seriously, like the curtain got pulled back when I found out Steve Carino was one of the voters. Because really, I imagined wizards almost like a... In the Jedi, in the Star Wars trilogy, when they were voting for Jedi, I thought it was something similar to that. It's just like late favorites, the guys who get in. Like, no offense, like, Jumbo Saruta has a vote, I think. Like, Jumbo comes in, and uh, he speaks through ashes, (laughs) and he votes. (laughs) Oh, man. Alex, you're going to go to hell for that. Oh, man. You're going to go to hell for that. Okay, so um, the guys that are up to get in the hall this year in the uh, Observer, we have Sting, Snuka, Slaughter, John Tolos, Kiyoshi Tamura, Wilbur Snyder, Hans Schmidt, and Enrique Torres. Vinny, who do you think is going to go in or has a chance to go in? First of all, I, I have no business commenting on this, so my opinion means nothing. Let me make that perfectly clear. Um, I, I, I don't even hold me to, I won't really hold to any kind of standard really at any time in my life, but especially for this right now, because I don't know anything outside of what's happened in North America. So I, 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 I'm, I'm, or, or very little about what's happened outside of North America. So I, I can't really say that. So really, um, there's a short list of names there that I'm qualified to, to comment on. Um, Sting is a guy who, you know, um, it, it's, I, I heard, Dave once say this, I think about the, I think he was talking about the Undertaker, but he said, it's okay if he goes in and it's okay if he doesn't. And, that applies to Sting. It, it, he's a guy who was uh, he he was a big part of you know it, his rise to stardom coincided with my getting into wrestling. Um, I, I didn't watch much of his UWF stuff, but he uh, you know he started showing up Saturday afternoons right when I started watching, and then of course he had the match with Flair in I guess it was '88 uh, at the first class that was so awesome, and and. Um, you know, he's, he's, he was a top guy in a, in the second banana company for like eight years or so. And, and, you know, that's a, that's kind of a big deal. And yet kind of not because they were the second banana company. So, um, I don't know. Um, I, I, uh, if I, if I was voting, I would vote him in just because he's been such a big part of my life as a wrestling fan. Um, other than that. Uh, um, there's only like one or two other names in there where I thought I, I have a firm I, I have something to contribute here to this conversation. So Snooker uh, or Slaughter. Snooker, um, I would say no. Um, I know he was one of those. I, I've heard said said the same thing about Junker Dog. How he was like the top guy in the most popular wrestler in the country, except for Hulk Hogan. Um, and and I've heard that I heard the same thing said about Jimmy Snuka, um, but outside of that, he, it seems like he was just, you know, uh, a, a guy who was around for a long time, and he had, he had obviously a huge effect on Mick Foley's career, and and he was, um, 
you know, he, he traveled around to various regions. He was in the Northeast for a long time and the Carolinas for a long time and had success wherever he went. But is he one of the greatest wrestlers of all time? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think he was a draw. I honestly... I, I, have, I have no idea if he was a draw. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't have... I think he drew. Because he was on cards with other guys. I don't have a stack now, of gate receipts from 1982 in front of me, so I have no idea how many fans are. <laughs> <laughs> um, slaughter. So, slaughter. I, I, I would more inclined to. I, I, I would, and it's kind of unfair because his 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 peak, at least, was a little later than Snuka's. So he he was more of a guy. Um, he, he had more of the national TV spotlight on him, and part of that is just because he and they're they're basically contemporaries. But it, it seems to me that Slaughter's career peaked a little later than Snuka's did. So. Um, he had, of course, the feud of the Iron Sheik. Uh, he had he had the, you know, I don't even hold this against him, but he had the Iraq versus Hogan feud he was a part of. Um, and, of course, he was on G.I. Joe. I'm not going to vote against G.I. Joe, so he gets the Hall of Fame. I, I, liked, I enjoyed his run in 83 in Carolinas, teaming with uh, Kernoodle against... Hey, uh, you know what? I, I, I've seen... I don't think I've seen Steamboat. any of, of, of their matches as, as a team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I've seen Steamboat and Youngblood, and I've seen Slaughter, so I'm sure the matches are good. I just can't believe there's ever a pro wrestler named Don Cronodal. How can that be? <laughs> it's his name. Uh, as, soon as, as soon as you hear that name, how do you take him seriously? And I say that, by the way, as a man named Vincent Verhey. So I know what it's like to grow up with a funny name. How, well, his son's got it worse. Rocky Cronodal. <laughs> <laughs> you know when I when I always look back at like uh, title histories or whatever, his name always stuck out to me. But you know what? The first time I saw him on uh, TV, he looked exactly like how I expected Don Cronodal to look. Like he didn't he didn't disappoint. I'll say that he looked exactly like Don Cronodal. Just just a guy. Just a guy. <laughs> he just looked just like a guy to me. <laughs> it's awesome. You know, I've always said the same thing about Nick Bockwinkle, but I love Nick Bockwinkle so. Oh my goodness! Yeah, Nick Bollywood was yeah amazing, amazing wrestler. Yes, yes, he was. Well, you you brought up Bockwinkle, Vince. Um, who who would you prefer to watch Flair or Bockwinkle in a title match? Oh, Flair! It's <laughs> really come on now. That's <laughs> oh, okay. But uh, uh, I I do love Nick Bockwinkle dearly. There's a the, one of his matches with Lawler that I watched a year or two ago. It was just so incredible and so easy and so basic and yet so wonderfully awesome. Uh, but on the other hand, Rick Flair is Rick Goddamn Flair, so this argument's over. <laughs> there you go. I, I did Basic. Have a that's something that's lovely. <laughs> As I was watching, I, I talked about it earlier. What, what were your thoughts uh, of, about the Ring of Honor? You covered them on, on uh, the radio show, but not everyone who listens may be a F4W. Are you suggesting there are people who listen to Rubber Guard Radio who do not subscribe to F4WOnline.com? I would, I would hope so. I would, That's I would. Bullshit. Jesus, I'd hope so. <laughs> but what, what were some? What was your overall thoughts on the Ring of Honor pay per view? Well, it's, it's funny. I got a lot of heat for turning it apart when I, I really liked it for the most part. I just watched Roderick Strong and Eric Stevens, um, you know, have a a, a destruction contest to see who could do the most long term damage to their bodies and. That was no fun, um, but the the you know uh, 
I, I like I love Nigel McGuinness. I really effing love Brian Danielson. I admit, and uh, I've seen Tyler Black wrestle Danielson twice. Or actually, the first one was Nigel, wasn't it? Yeah, never mind. Well, I've seen I've seen Tyler Black wrestle the top guys Ring of Honor twice, and the 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 four way on this show basically at the end turned into a, a brief singles match with Tyler and Brian, and that was awesome. And um, those are the two lasting memories. Uh, Nigel had a short match that was fun. Uh, <laughs> And then I remember the I remember there was a four way that came down to Tyler Black and Brian Danielson and that was a lot of fun. And there was Roderick Strong and Eric Stevens just beating the holy fuck out of each other. And uh that is what sticks out to me. It was like a month ago and that's what I remember. that's amazing to me because when when I watched it it was like there was all these main event matches and then all that sticks out is you know a couple of thoughts. It's, it's, I don't know if it's important. I don't know what it is. I don't. I don't know if it's good or bad or what really what it is. Because I mean, all those matches, those guys are going insane, you know. But I mean, you don't really, you don't really remember it. You just know it was insane. You mean the fans or? or I'm, I'm talking. About, I'm talking about the matches. Like I remember, uh, like the opener was. Uh, I think it was Ruckus and Jigsaw against Generico and Steen. And I know it was, you know, uh, insane. They did a lot of stuff tag match. I don't really remember anything they particularly did. I just remember. Well, I do remember in that I, the, the the Ring of Honor, they, their openers tend to be awesome because they're openers. And so they, unlike, for example, TNA, where you would get 300 near falls and a false finish and and or, or excuse me, an interference and then a you know weapon shot and then someone gets a pin, and so you're tired and confused and burned out by the time it's over. Ring of Honor openers, one guy wins, then the other guy wins, and then they do one finish, and that's it. And and you're left thinking, that was a lot of fun, and you're also left wanting more, which is the point of an opener. So huh. th- th- this was, I, I do remember that match. That they, they did some stuff, and then uh, Steve Nurkin had the finisher, and it ended. And that was it. And that was good. Okay, so Casey, you were, go- you were going to go into something else. No, no, I'm done. Um... Actually, um, now you know why that's happened so much with me and Brian. I really am a horrible person to talk to. <laughs> no, no, no. It's uh, we're gonna have to cut the show off, guys. Um, Vince, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, F4WOnline.com. Uh, sign up. You can get the Brian and Vinny show what seven times a week or eight times a week. Um, I, I believe I do that show 24 hours a day now. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Are we gonna get a webcam in the in the very high residence. And in the very high residence, absolutely not. <laughs> Nothing to see here anywhere. But, uh, okay. you know, cross your fingers is all I can say. All right, brother. Thanks for coming on, Vinny. It was, it was my pleasure. Um, all right. Sorry to cut I'll you guys you off, later. but uh, I, I have to run. I have a family emergency. So, All right, Alex, I will be talking to you very soon. And uh, we'll be back on Thursday with a rescheduled LTP. Alrighty, guys. I'll talk to you guys later.